Welcome to Emmy's Insight. It's your host, Emmy, and I'm still here with Tamsin. So this is the second um, part of our episode together. Today, I wanted to go into injuries. So dealing with injury as an elite athlete, if you don't know much about Tamsin, then check out our previous podcast that we just finished filming about 30 seconds ago before I started doing a second intro. Um, so Tamsin is a amazing athlete. She's a three-time Olympian and in the 800 meters, and she also won many titles. So definitely check out that previous podcast, by the way, Tamsin, um, I usually, when I do podcasts on my own, I stutter so much because I allow myself to, because I know I can just cut it out. So this is like the first time I've not been doing a lot of stuttering um, together. I love it. I love it. It's good. It's good practice. It's yeah. perfect. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> so today I wanted to talk to Tamsin about her experience with um, being healthy and dealing with getting injured as an athlete at the highest level in sport. Yeah. I'll just jump straight into the first questions. So what injuries have you experienced yourself or any setbacks that you might have had in your sport? Um, I've been lucky and people often joke about how lucky I was with my career because I hardly got injured, but that's not luck. It's that I had really good coaches. Um, I think the most important one was my first coach, who was Neville Silito. He coached my dad and Peter Norman um, to the Olympics in Mexico City coached a lot of other great athletes as well and he was very much about when I was a youngster just working on my technique and speed and just developing me as an athlete we trained twice a week we did 60 meter reps onto and off the bend and it was so social and I loved it um and so the first injury I got was probably when I um I think I, I went for a jog and I got ITB cellness and I just went along and got orthotics and then never had it again um what other injury I had when I wasn't looking after myself as a teenager, I had a, an injury on my, on my cuboid bones and I can't even remember what it was. Um, but that would have been because I wasn't eating well enough and my bone density probably would have dropped a little bit. Um, and then the main injury I had throughout my whole career was an upper hamstring injury. So when I was getting coached by English coaches, they weren't watching me and say I had a session of 20, this is when I was doing volume-based training to see if that worked better for me. Um, I was doing 2200s off a minute and a lot more Ks than I used to. And I got flat and low and I started to reach a bit. So I was landing um, in front of myself rather than underneath myself. And so the hamstring was doing a lot more work. And that was really painful because I carried that at the 03 World Champs. It sort of almost went and we were worried that it was going to come off the bone and I had to pull out of the relay. Um, and it took ages. It was painful um, and it took ages to come back from that. I ran with that injury in 04 and I wasn't anywhere near as good. Um, and then my brother started coaching me and the physios couldn't fix it. Um, they tried, nothing was working. And my brother, who'd never coached before, decided it was technique and he worked, he stripped me back and we basically worked on technique for two years and then ran 400s and not 800s and then gradually got strong enough to pump the work back in and I was in 2007 I went back up to 800s and then in 08 I won my world title so it was a long road back but we worked out that I just had to fix that technique before I could pump work in um and so that was the main injury I had oh and then I I tore a calf muscle leading into 2012 season which was right before um the Grand Prix started and I was trying to go to the Olympics which was annoying because I was in really good shape but I didn't even feel it tear it was just a grade one apparently but every time I ran it cramped so I'd have six weeks off which was annoying 
that would have been it sounds like a lot but in, yeah. in the space of like 15 20 years like I pretty much only had the one injury that stopped me oh no even though it as you said it sounds like a lot like for your career I'm quite surprised how healthy you no stayed. stresses yeah yeah didn't feel like I tore anything except for that calf which yeah. I didn't feel like I was just grade one so yeah I was, I was very lucky yeah because all, obviously all of those are kind of more like niggles that you dealt with except that yeah. injury that took a few years to come back from yeah. but yeah, yeah as I mean patience. yeah patience. and good coaching so I was very lucky again very lucky that is really interesting that your brother with no coaching experience became your coach and coached you to be a technically good runner I was much better yep how was it working with your brother um like awesome. being coached by your brother awesome I loved training with him it's probably the reason I stayed in the sport as long as I did um, he was a fantastic coach and he was really thorough with his program setting and everything was tailor-made to what suited me as an athlete. And he had the right mindset to get into my head before a race. So I only won that world title because of the tactics he gave me. I remember calling him, he was in Australia and I called him from Spain and he basically just said to me, put yourself in the winning position at the business end of the race in that race. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, Matola, who on the Sydney Olympics 800 was right in front of me. I was like, she gave a little gaff. I was like, I think Justin said to take the lead. Like, so I just took it there and I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't have had him in my head telling me to do that. And he, he basically helped me really become a confident athlete and, and believe in my ability. So coaching is so super important. And I've been so fortunate to have such great coaches. Yeah. I really like how you said the importance of, them like your mindset and he basically put you into this mindset and I agree that coaching it's like coaches have such an important role with athletes so important um with your injuries uh, I was also interested when you said um you were trying out the volume so obviously we were talking earlier about how athletes have their own like everyone's individual in the sense that some people might be speed-based or some people might be volume-based. And I think that also ties in with being injured. So if you are trying to force the volume and you're just someone who can't cope with that, you will potentially get injured. So like you said, when you were trying to do 2200s, that sounds like quite a heavy session. Were they fast or like more tempo-based? See, they were in that 30 to 32 range, which was plotty for me. Um, And so Justin worked out that I couldn't do them like that. We had to do, you know, I would do 16 200s with Justin, but we'd put them in groups of four with short recovery, but we changed the pace till it got faster. So you might start at 31, 30, 29, 28, or 30, 29, 28, 27, and then have a minute off and go again and down. It was a killer session. (laughs) But it was just, you know, we worked out that, um, I could get the volume in, but we had to play with the paces and do it a bit differently with the recovery. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So oh, again, yeah. working, I would stop that reaching and that plotting and that bad technique and why after a while I became very strong. So you were able to put more work in, shorter recovery than the minute that I was doing when I was younger and I was better at it. Yeah. I mean, as a <laughs> speed athlete and you use that to your strength, definitely running less 200s at a quicker pace would be so much harder than such high volume at a s- slower pace. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 
when you were going through those injured periods, like you said, it took you a couple of years to build back up your strength before going to that world championship indoors. Um, how did you cope with being, if you were sidelined from any meets or just cope with the, the setback of that injury? Oh, it's hard. Being injured is the hardest thing as a track and field athlete because you can't actually get the work done. I think the easiest thing to do to cope is to then really apply yourself to cross training so that you feel like you're doing the work. You trick your body into feeling like, okay, at least I'm doing something. Yeah. So swimming and bike riding and sit-ups and circuits and it's hard and you know you're not doing the sessions you need to, but they do definitely help. Um, When you start running again, you're rusty, but it doesn't take as long to get that fitness back because you've kept the cross training up. I think the cross training is really important for your mind as an athlete once you're elite and you're injured because it just helps you think, okay, I'm at least doing something. Yeah. I'm kicking over and I'm still able to do something. That's the beauty of running in an aerobic event, the swimming and stuff. You can still keep that aerobic quite high. You just don't get that conditioning of the legs that you need. But cycling's okay. It's not exactly specific enough, but it's it's enough to tick you over. But it yeah. is hard mentally and you have to find – I think that having that school outlet or the uni outlet or the friends or work, whatever it is, is highly important. That's when you need it the most, to be able to have something else to fall back on to do that distracts you from overthinking. Yeah, no, I remember when I read Sally's book how she, when she was dealing with injury, would be cross-training, doing like deep water running in the pool weeks out from a major meet. And because for her, she was like full-time athlete. It was so easy to get down that spiral, down that hole of like, this is everything in my life. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think that's really good advice having other things outside of your sport. Yeah. And definitely. Yeah. And when you brought up the type of sport you do, definitely if you're a more aerobic base, you could get more out of cross training. Yeah. I was just thinking if you were doing 100 metres, that would be hard to get much out of doing. Yeah, and hurdles is tough. But the thing that Sally has over everybody else, which she knew, is her mind was so yeah. strong. You wouldn't bet against her on a, on, a, on a track if she was even half fit because her mind was one of the most strongest athletics minds I've ever seen. She was so brilliant and competitive in that sort of zone. When everybody else would crumble under pressure, Sally would still be standing tall. She was amazing. Yeah, that would be terrifying to race against someone who you know you could be 10 times faster, but their mind would still get them to the line before you. Yeah, and she had both, so she was exceptional. Yeah. Uh, Being an 800 runner, you would definitely need that, like, mindset as well. So I'm sure you have that type of mentality. I liked rooming with Sally because we had the same sort of mentality in terms of get the job done, get out there, heads down, focused, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But she, it was next level. She was brilliant. That's so you were roommates with Sally on some of your teams? Yeah, on the circuit. And we're in an apartment in 2008 together. Yeah. That is very cool. (laughs) Do you guys (laughs) stay in touch now? Oh, yeah. 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 And I got to room with Kathy Freeman too in 2000. So I've been very lucky with my. Oh, wow. So Sydney Olympics, you and Kathy were together. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Wow. (laughs) What a claim. I know, I know. I didn't realise at the time how amazing it was, but I realise now. <laughs> yeah, at the time you were, it was, I mean, you were competing Small. at the Olympics yourself, so. Yeah, but she yeah. was like my training partner and it was just normal. So. Yeah. <laughs> She's my friend, so it was fun. That's very cool. 
Um, when you said you were cross-training injured, what types of cross-training were your the sessions that you stuck to? Uh, swimming. We did a lot of swimming. So my brother devised um, some really good and hard swimming sessions. A lot of it was actual swimming and a lot of it was water running and things like that. Um, and then the cycle sessions, which is sort of fart like tempo things on the bike and the circuits, which is the sit-ups that we always did. And then we just added in some upper body stuff as well, just to keep that overall conditioning. Yeah. So when you um, were doing your training, cause we were talking in the previous podcast about some of your favorite sessions, it was all the track sessions, but outside of track yeah. sessions, when you were healthy, were you doing much gym work or strength sessions or any other cross training? Um, so I couldn't do a lot of weights because I was the athlete who went into a weight room and got bigger and I couldn't carry the power to weight ratio on an athletics track for the 800. So I did a lot of plyometrics. So I did a heap of bounding. Um, and when I do hills, we'd finish off with bounding and like hopping and proper plyometrics. We did heaps of it. Um, and if I did weights, my weights were lower, um, lighter, because I could bench press 85 kilos three times at one point. And I was Jesus. Too big. I know, I was too big, though, yeah. for the exercise of 800-meter running. So, But we knew that I could get very strong. Yeah. Um, so we had to change the weights around to being more about that um, um, endurance weights and yeah. then bringing in the power through the plyo straight after it. Yeah. So we did a lot of really fun training. I loved bounding and I loved my plyometric sessions. We had one pure focus plyometric session and then we had the one after the hills and then I had one after a weight room. Yes. So lots of plyos. Yeah, well, plyos are almost the best type of exercise to get you faster because of that stretch shortening cycle. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, all of that plyo work would have built you up to be strong, to be less injury prone because you would have had such yep. strong Achilles and just yep. bones even. Yep. And it was yeah. in that proper sprinting position you had to do them. And they they were really good for being very specific to fatigue in an 800 metres and still having to lift your leg up and, um, yeah. and hold that core position. I loved plyometrics. I don't think enough athletes who are middle distance runners do them. But, um, yeah, I was very lucky. My brother was brilliant with how he brought the plyos in. I think it was one of the winning winning um tactics yeah no that is really good insight to know um i'm very shook right now that you bench press 85 kilos no, not it even crazy. A- it was like it was crazy it was like in 2004 when daily thompson was coaching <laughs> and i love daily yeah and i was like i was just um i was i was injured so i was just probably a bit heavier so i was able to yeah, pump out a bit more weight because I had a bit more bulk behind me. But yeah, you could too, like yeah, you like, me faster. <laughs> yeah, um, that like I'm just thinking you're so obviously sporty, but like you're literally built for almost most sports because you could have done powerlifting and been really I, good at that. I don't know, but my dad was a sprinter. You know, he's yeah. a five ten sprinter. He was strong. He was naturally strong. So I've got a lot of my dad in me. It's just a, to run. I've stayed quite lean. And more like my mum's build, but I'm more like my dad, if you know what I mean. Like it's just it's just one of those things where I, the running for years after years and doing the 800 work sort of elongated me to look a bit more like my mum's build. I'm definitely more my dad. <laughs> kind of good. You get a bit <laughs> of the best inner, of both I, worlds. <laughs> I told you, I'm an inner sprinter that's just pretending to be a middle distance Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 800s, even though it is considered middle distance, it's yeah. still a sprint. Like the it's times you run are ridiculous. Yeah, no, it was a sprint to me. I agree. Yeah, um, 
I wanted to ask you this in the previous podcast, but Yola, I'll ask you now. <laughs> what if you're, um, what do you think of the current stacked 800 field oh, in Australia? I love, it. I love yeah. it. And I think that's that's where the talent comes from. You know, I ran my best 800s when there was another 800 runner here running well, because you have to fire up and you have to be competitive. So surrounding yourself with immense talent in Australia is going to make all our athletes so much better. And it's fantastic. I love watching it. And they're fantastic athletes. We have wonderful talent coming through with Carly Thomas and Killy Small. Um, and there's others. There's so many others that are going to also jump ahead as well and be with those girls. And then you've got Katrina Bissett just running beautifully and running the Australian record, which was just fantastic. And she goes about her athletics in a different way. And I love watching the way she goes about her athletics. And then you've got um, Georgia Griffiths and Morgan Mitchell's moved up. And and I know I've forgotten people, but we've got, it's been fantastic to watch them coming through and they're all going to help each other. And, and hopefully that'll bridge the gap to helping us get an Olympic finalist and maybe even a medalist one of these days. Yeah. It's almost scary. Like the progression of suddenly having, obviously after your 800 um, time, it was a bit, there wasn't any like super competitive time for a while for females. And now they're suddenly yeah. like, we're back to having sub two minute runners and there's so yeah. many of them potentially yes. as well. I love it. It's brilliant. Um, with Morgan moving up from the four to the eight, that's kind of like what you did, but I guess she did compete in fours for a while longer before you, I mean, whereas you moved up to the eight earlier. Um, this is so random, but did she ever like ask you anything about that since you did that same? Um, I spoke to her coach Liz and um about it a little bit at the start when they did it, but she's doing it completely differently to me from what I see. She's doing a heat more miles. She's lost yeah. a lot of her speed. Um, and you know what? She's run too flat. Liz, um, Liz, her coach, Liz Matthews, will, you know, look after her and give her what she believes is right. You've got to let every athlete go through their journey and do it their way because yeah. the way I did it, it's not necessarily right for everybody. So she's doing it with a lot more miles. It'll be interesting to see if she manages to bring that speed back in ever or if she just runs good eights off the longer work. So yeah. it's one of those watch these this space, but I'm watching very interested yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm cheering. I'm cheering for all of them on the sidelines. I love it. And it's, I really do think it's good that you're a speed-based athlete. Something my coach always talks about is like speed is the hardest thing to get anyone. She always says you can train a monkey to get spit, to get fit, but speed is like it's hard. So it would have been, exactly. yeah, like tr- going up yeah. distance and not doing that short speed stuff is, is kind of risky because then to get that speed back, it's harder. Yeah, I just think for me, why lose what your secret weapon is? Yeah, you exactly. can strengthen what your weaknesses is your weaknesses, but for me, I always loved knowing that I could drop a fifty-one second four hundred, and that if I hit fifty-six seconds in the first lap, it's easy. Whereas yeah. if I was running 54, 55 in a four hundred and I dropped a fifty-six, that would panic me because oh, my brain yeah. going overdrive. Going, yeah. oh my goodness. You'd be I like, I just pretty much ran a flat yeah. out 400. How do I do that? Another entire 400. Like, exactly. um, back to, um, injuries. What have you learned through your experience with those setbacks that you did have, or just keeping your body healthy? Um, I've learned to be patient. I've learned to listen to my body more carefully because if I had have listened to my body earlier, I wouldn't have got the hamstring to the point that it was at. 
Um, and I've learned to be more in tune with things, you know, niggles and, and just being really aware of, of my body and how it's feeling each day. What soreness is bad soreness? What good soreness? What, what soreness is just, you know, the session the night before yeah. soreness? So it's just being really aware and being more in tune. But it's always important to tell your coach how you feel before each session and it's also important to make them aware of any soreness that you do have. Yeah, and I think that that like being in tune with your body and actually listening to it is something you have to learn as you grow up anyway, but especially as an athlete. Um, yeah, it's not weak. Yeah. It's not weak to admit it. Whereas yeah. before I was always like, okay, just run through it, run through it, run through it. You're tough. Yeah. Like <laughs> don't succumb. Don't be that weak person. Yeah. Stupidity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, more it's, damage. yeah. It's almost less weak. It's stronger to admit, like I, I need to stop. Mm-hmm. So um, strong to ask for help. Yeah. And, you know, you learn that as you get older. Weakness is 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 when you don't ask for help. And, you know, it, it's even being a good leader. You're a good leader when you're happy to look around and, and ask people, okay, how should we do this? Get their advice, you know. It's it's funny how as an athlete sometimes you close shop, but um, being a really good elite athlete, probably you're going to be better quicker if you open your eyes up and see and ask questions more readily of people who've done it before or um of you know of, of the people around you say okay this hurts what do I do how do I get better you know yeah. and then also I think what really helped me with injuries is I trusted the medical people I had around me so I didn't have a lot of voices I just had the certain people's voices that I trusted and that's what really helped me get better quicker yeah and having good medical people around you as well is definitely good to get um yeah. and what you were just saying about Oh, sorry, I just had like five things I wanted to ask you about. You were talking about coming to my head at once and they all just like collided. And with being open as an athlete and admitting weakness, I don't think it's weak. I just did bunny ears. I realized I'm on audio. Um, I don't think being vulnerable, I think being vulnerable is strong. And I've heard a lot about athletes who, um, you know, they didn't do an interview because they didn't want their competitors to think they were weak or had a like a, um, an injury or with coming away, like just they didn't want to come across as weak or open up to like a problem they might have had. But I think um, I think allowing yourself to be vulnerable is and and talking to people and it's strong and it's going to make you better by opening up about it. I agree. I 100% agree. I've just got to check something because the door keeps ringing and I'm trying to work out if my husband has locked him out. Of that is so fine. <laughs> I'll be back in just one sec. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's okay. Um, okay, I will just ask you the last two questions. Amen. So one was, did you do anything like um, massage or acupuncture or ice bathing throughout your time as an athlete to stay um, injury-free? Massage. So I had an awesome um, masseur, Gary Moritas, who was Freeman's masseur, and he saved me so many times. He was just brilliant. He just had the Midas touch. Um, And everything else, like I had the same physio I had when I was 14, and he was fantastic. So he knew my body. Oh, he would have known you so well after 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. He was brilliant. And, you know, I had a couple of other physios on teams and um, with the with the sport but yeah no I always had those fallbacks where I could always go to my people and but my um 
my Masil was just brilliant. He was so good. He just helped me um, get the body back from hard training sessions and always told me when things were too tight. And yeah, and I was very lucky. So I had really good people around, but I didn't do anything too alternative ever. I didn't have to. I was very lucky. I didn't need a lot of treatment either. Like I got a massage once every two weeks. Um, and I did have a good chiropractor as well. That's, yeah, that's really good to know that your body wasn't prone to breaking down. So staying on top of it a little bit was good, but. You know, and on that, I used to go in the ocean a lot too. Like I used to, um, use the ocean as recovery. Yeah. Ocean recovery is really good for you as well, because obviously the cold, but also all of the salts and in the water. Oh, Um, I loved it. I loved it. Um, so I know you have to go. So I'll just finish off with the last Sorry. question. No, that is so fine. Um, um, what's the one piece of advice you'd give to a younger athlete struggling with an injury or who might be forced to take time off? So say if they just can't cross train, if they have a back problem or something bigger than that. Um, what's or mentally need a break. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think sometimes a break's okay. It actually helps. I think sometimes we always look at having a break as being diabolical and, and the negatives in everything. I think when you can start to step back and find positives in things, it actually helps you start to heal and be a lot more accepting of the the outcome that you're, you're faced with. So for me, I think, you know, if, if you have to take time away from the sport and you don't want to, just find the positives in it. Enjoy the rest. Enjoy the downtime. Enjoy being able to do more with your friends and family. Enjoy being able to immerse yourself into something else. And if you don't have anything else, find something. What a great opportunity to be able to go, okay, athletics isn't going to be with me all my life. This might be a good opportunity to try a few different things to work out what I would love to do when athletics isn't going to be with me again. So I think sometimes we look at it as being, oh, my goodness, I can't train for six weeks or it means I'll miss this, this, this. But it could actually be what makes you be a better athlete when you come back to it. I know the one bad injury I had was that upper hamstring injury. And in the end, it made my career so much longer because I was able to go back and take the time to work out all my weaknesses, fix them, and then really enjoy my training again. I used to hate the pain that came with 800 training, but when you took it away from me, I was like, okay, I really want it back. Yeah. And so anytime I thought negatively, I was like, well, it's better than not training at the exactly. moment. Exactly. So, it's, it's a good time to reassess. It's a good time to be able to go back, maybe watch some of your race and go, okay, well, why did I get that back injury or why did I get this? What can I do to fix it? So I think always try and find the positives in the negative um, and try and be kind to yourself and don't, don't, don't cycle over things in your head because it won't help. And, and then when you do start to come back, if you're not in the shape that you were, be gentle because it takes time to get back in shape but you don't lose your talent and you don't lose your ability. Um, It'll come back. You've just got to be patient. That is great advice. I also agree with all what you said, and it does make you more grateful and appreciative when you are able to do what you love and, and also just remembering it's temporary. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. That was very wise words. Thank you so much, Tanzan. I'll let you go because I know you're very busy and we've been talking for almost two hours. So oh, I'm sorry. I'm such a talker. Thank no, you so it's, much. It, don't be sorry. sorry at all. Um, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been amazing. Um, I'm so excited to edit this and I'm like really hoping it, it all records. So Oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. It'll be absolutely fine. And if it's not, honestly, it's fine. If you just tell me. I'm all thank right. I'm feeling relaxed. I'll find two more hours somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> so-
sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. It's fine. I've just, I've just, um, I've got to go pick my son up and get my mum. But I'm like, oh, dude, I've been talking all this time. It's my fault. I talk too much. This is the life of an Olympian in the future, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Always Thank busy. You so much. Thank, Thank you. you. It was so good to meet you. Bye. Awesome. See ya. Bye. <laughs> so I didn't ask Tamsin for another quote as she did give me two lovely quotes in the previous episode we filmed right before this one so definitely check that out for more from Tams and that one is much more in depth and we talked for a long time it was super insightful so I thought I'd finish with a different quote for this episode and that is the one who falls and gets up is so much stronger than the one who didn't fall so for anyone going through injury or any setbacks at the moment I hope that that quote really resonates with you and yeah I really enjoyed this episode with Tamsin and I hope you guys did too so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode thank you so much to Tamsin for joining me it was so great to meet Tamsin and talk to her she is a wonderful role model and person as well as an amazing athlete so that was awesome definitely check out our previous episode um, that I filmed with Tamsin where we went into so much more on her life as an elite athlete and her experience with that as well as honestly just pretty much everything we both are big talkers and yeah she was an amazing woman to talk to and learn from so uh, thank you guys so much for listening if you did like this episode that would mean so much if you could leave a review on apple podcasts and you can find my podcast on spotify apple podcasts Google Podcasts and SoundCloud. And I hope you guys join me in the next episode. Until then, you can check out my Instagram at Emmy's Insight. Feel free to leave comments on the post for any ideas for the podcast or episodes that you would like me to do. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.